0: I'm assuming if you're listening to this episode, then you are, one, a Taylor Swift fan, and two, have listened to this album, so you know what we're talking about. But in case you're just listening for the sake of listening, first of all, thank you. And second of all, we'll kind of set the scene for you a little bit based on Folklore, which is the new album that just came out. Hello, and welcome back to the Her Life Blogcast. Hey, Allie. Hello. How are you? I am so excited that you're here for an episode. I have Ally G with me. Allie G, how does it feel to be here?
1: I am thrilled. I'm excited. I, I don't even know what to say. I've been wanting to do
0: this for so long, and I think we have the perfect topic today. It's going to be too good. I was just going to say that there couldn't be a more perfect time, I feel. This isn't your podcast debut, by the way, because you were on the quarantine episode. So if you throw back to the very beginning, that was the first episode, obviously, that we did in quarantine. And since then, Al, we've been going literally every week, which is insane. That's crazy. This was like perfect for your
1: content wise. Like, I feel like this gave you the time to really dedicate it. And
0: because it got too crazy, like during the school year, there was just too much going on. So it wasn't as regular. But now it's like, what else do we have to live for? <laughs> it's just the Her Life vlogcast. No, I'm exciting. It's been fun. Um, I just posted on my story, Ali, I didn't even tell you this yet, I don't think. But I reached out to my professor because last week's episode was kind of centered around an article book thing that she introduced me to. So I reached out to her and was like, hey, did this episode because I loved this piece that you put on your syllabus, just wanted to share. And she was like, oh my God, can I put this episode on the syllabus for next year? And I was like, "Ah, yep. So I'm like, oh my God, we're so academic. Like I feel so alive. I can't even tell you. So who knows? We could have all kinds of new listeners after that episode. Like who knows? I'm glad you're here. And Taylor Swift is the most academic thing I could think to talk about because there really is a lot to get into and I'm really excited. It's going to be good. Let's dive in, Al, to our Her Reflections of the Week. Every week we go through Her Reflections, going through the acronym with different things that are going on in our lives. The H is for something we're happy about in this moment. E is for something we're excited about for the future. And R is a recent realization that we might have had. Allie, since you are my guest, I'm going to throw it over to you first. What are you happy about right now?
1: I'm happy because I am starting to return back to... Some of the things of my childhood, I started painting again, and I've started dancing again. Yeah. And the painting kind of stemmed from a class that I was taking over the summer, teaching art to children, and one of the things was to just create a piece of artwork, and I ended up painting um, my dad's garden shop. And so from cute. There, I just I just love the process of painting, and I love that you don't know what it's going to end up looking like until you're finished, mm-hmm. and so I've just loved that experience. And I'm thinking about starting my own Etsy page. So I'm excited yeah. for that. And then dancing, I've just kind of been doing for myself. But I'm thinking of posting some things to social media. So I'm happy to be doing those things. I feel good.
0: Absolutely. I think the time for creative outlets is definitely now. Because even though things are sort of getting back to normal, I think it's more important to like keep flexing those muscles and doing things for ourselves. Because that's what we had the time to do. And I think it's important to keep that going in like our day-to-day so oh, I'm excited for you and that painting is amazing I'm sure your family freaked out like that is such a nice oh, thing to I'm have cute. now my brother was like how much for it and I was like, oh, so cute I love that. it that's I'm that's happy for that. you Al that's a great pick <laughs> all right for my happy I'm just happy because I've had a really productive week it was kind of a draining week I was in Arkansas last week which you guys know the road awesome. trip um but it was just a lot of work to get back to because I like didn't check my email for a week so it was kind of overwhelming but i want to run through some of the fun things i've been doing this week cuz it's just i don't know it's been it feels good when you're like moving you know mm-hmm. so the first thing was 3 days this week i went to a pr boot camp it's run by an agency called amp3 which i applied to and they like weren't hiring when i applied but they were like hey we're doing this boot camp if you're interested it just kind of gives you a rundown of the industry and just teaches you like all the different things you'd be doing as like an entry level pr person or as an intern so it was just cool there was like 50 girls in the camp and each person at the agency, it's like a 10-person company, kind of ran through their own spiel about their specialty, and it was just, like, very eye-opening and very reassuring because all of it was, like, I would have so much fun doing that, like, events planning for PR and, like, pitching to media and, like, fashion magazines to, like, get a product featured. and it all just seems very up my alley, so I feel good that I've been spending all this time writing resumes and cover letters for PR jobs because I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this is something that I could, like, definitely see myself doing, so that was great. And they started the whole camp thing because one of the managing partners came on, her name was Allison, and she talked about how when she was starting out, how she just wishes there was... Someone that told her just a rundown of things she needed to know before starting. So she's like, I wanted to do this, especially now that I have this company to kind of pay it forward and help the next generation of PR people. And I just felt like, what a good like girl power moment. It felt so good Mm -hmm. to be a part of it. And I really feel like I learned a lot. It was like a lot of information, but in the best way, because I feel much better prepared and like definitely got to go back and redo some cover letters and switch some things up. But that's what it's for. So that was good. That was the big thing. Also this week I had an interview. So fingers crossed about that. We're moving, yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and the last thing yesterday, I shot another commercial for that bro. It's a podcast because I did like a sort of <laughs> like a TikTok, one, yeah. yeah, like it was like a TikTok style kind of on your own shoot. They just wanted you to kind of do an ad lib voiceover of one of their segments, and then this one is kind of a more they had a script and everything, and I kind of went through its so it Okay. weird I had them on zoom and like was were shooting it on my iphone and they were like do this this way and I was like I take direction well like I just have been telling them I'm an actress this whole time so I really just had to fake it and act and I did so that should be coming out in the coming weeks so I'll share that that's a weird
1: experience to have to take direction over zoom like is that the new normal that we have
0: coming up? I know like I guess it's just what you gotta do it was weird but I just yeah. kind of leaned into the weird because I was like I'm an actress but anyway Feeling happy, feeling good, because it really was just a good, productive week. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the excited section. Allie, what are you excited about? Okay, I'm super excited. My
1: i um to the class teaching social studies, and my professor sent us on Juneteenth a syllabus. It's called the Lemonade Syllabus, and I'll
0: read... Is it Lemonade, it, like Beyoncé Lemonade? Yeah, like Beyoncé Okay, lemonade, yeah. I was hoping it was, when because I, I saw like your title, and I was like, please tell me it's Beyoncé, because I have a lot to say. Remind me to say something about Beyoncé when we're done with this. Okay,
1: yeah, I'll just read this whole introduction part. On April 23rd, 2016, Beyoncé Knowles-Carter released her sixth solo project, Lemonade, through a world premiere on HBO. Transversing through pain and heartache towards healing and joy, the visual album traced through the experiences of many Black women in intimate and social relationships. As they watched, several sisters saw themselves and lamented the treatments they endured at the hands of the men who professed to love them and the state that is supposed to protect them. Fiance spoke to the joys and pains of black womanhood in such a way that left sisters exposed, yearning for recovering, for real healing and transformation. After Lemonade aired, sisters began to seek resources that would help unpack the rich black feminist and womenist themes that prevent the visual album. To accomplish this, the Lemonade Syllabus hashtag was created. What followed is the essence of black girl magic, black women spanning generations and class dynamics to use social media to suggest books, films, songs, and poetry primarily by black women that believe best accompanied lemonade and spoke to the essence of black womanhood in its historical and contemporary manifestations. Compiled is over 200 resources that specifically speak to black women from classics and fiction to black feminist theory to inspirational and self-care guides. There are even resources for the young black girls in our lives. Um, Yeah, I'd go on, but there's a lot more. But (laughs) anyway, point being is I just ordered the first book off of the syllabus. So I'm super excited. called Americana, and I want to get the name right, by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie and she has a really great TED Talk. It's called The Ginger of a Single Story. Have you seen it?
0: I saw her, the We Should All Be Feminists one, and I read that in a okay. class, so that's how I found her. But, like, phenomenal. And she's, like, sampled in a Beyoncé song. I forget which one it is now. We Teach Women To Be... It doesn't matter. Okay, but it's, like, really good, powerful. I love it. So I like the Beyoncé-Adichie crossover. Yeah, so I'm super excited, and, yeah, that's my... Experience. Love it. I read, also, Americana just a couple weeks ago, so... I'm so excited to talk about it. And also, I feel like Catskin would have read this too. Ha- have you talked to her about it? I'm sure she. I haven't talked to her, but I'm sure she definitely. Because she told me she saw the TED Talks. So okay. I'm sure. That. Because she, it just would be a fun conversation to have. Maybe that could be another episode. That would honestly be a lot of fun. Like a could book we get Catskin on here? Maybe. You think she'd come on? I feel like we could get her. If we're talking about books. Kat, if we're talking about books, we might be able to get her. All right, let's try I love it. Definitely keep me posted. Let me know what you think about the book. I'm excited to discuss. I know. My exciting! I'm so excited because so when I came back from Arkansas, I have to quarantine for two weeks because Arkansas is like on the list that the governor put out of like oh, you must quarantine because yeah. they're bad hotspot areas. So the day that my quarantine is over, my friend Julia Bauer, shout out Julie, is having a big pool party with the homegirls from home. We got together one other time for a dinner, which was super fun. But then things kind of started getting bad in terms of Corona again, so we've all kind of been separated. And now it's like getting to the point where people are going back to school. A lot of us are doing us, it's not me. A lot of them are doing masters programs and stuff, so we're going to be going back to school, and we're going to kind of be split up again. So this is like the last hurrah of the summer. So that's on Friday, the day my quarantine ends. I'm really Then on Saturday, I'm going to Mystic, Connecticut to go to Emma's cousin's wedding. So I'm so excited to be reunited with Emma. I can't even tell you. And her whole family is literally amazing. So it's just gonna be fun to see them again because I was at the reunion last summer. And then finally on Sunday, It's Sarah's 21st birthday, my little sister. So that's going to be another big event. And I'm just excited. And you know how like a quarantine birthday kind of sucks. (laughs) You know this very well. (laughs) But I think you just got to make the most of it. So I'm hoping to do that with Sarah. Exciting weekend coming up.
1: I'm excited for you. That sounds like a jam-packed for Corona. That's a big
0: weekend. (laughs) It's like it's been nothing for so long. And then it's like, bam, everything. But that's how it should be. Why not? I love it. Okay, let's move on to realization. Al, what have you been realizing recently? Yeah. Big realization this week. Self-love
1: is tough. It is not easy whatsoever. I think for a very long time, I've always thought of like making choices for myself and like what's going to be best for me feels selfish in a way. Mm-hmm. So I think like unlearning that and trying to have this mindset of like, you can, you can make a choice for you and it's, Doesn't have to come across as selfish. Like, it's all right. So, I think that was a big realization this week, and like, just using this time that we have to focus on that and really, I don't know, like, use it to be okay with making decisions for me.
0: Love that. But also, yeah, and I feel like we've talked about this before, too, where I think there is such a dichotomy just in like young people's lives and probably old people's lives, too, but particularly with like our generation, I think, because self care is such a big thing and like a buzzword and self-love is always top of mind but at the same time I feel like you have a list of responsibilities and people and things that you have to prioritize so it's just hard to like strike the balance but it seems like you're doing a good job I love you <laughs> self-love I love you this is so good <laughs> I feel like giddy I'm like not used to having you on this so it's just like fun and exciting <laughs> My realization is that we are all going through it. And by that, I mean, you literally never know the like very complicated backstories of people's situations. And I think this could be like big scale and small scale. I'll give you an example. I'm also doing a little part-time social media gig for an author who was actually featured on the podcast, Alexis Schoen. She wrote Entry Level Boss and I did a book review for her and then we have kept in touch and it worked out that I'm doing some Instagram stuff for her right now. Anyway, part of the gig is, Partaking in her entry-level boss school, which is essentially a job search course that helps you fix the things you're doing wrong and like perfect your resume and write a better cover letter and just fix your whole approach to the job search to make it more efficient and productive and joyful, like to actually make it a fun process. Mm -hmm. So part of that is this four-week course and we had the first class last week and just sitting on the zoom call with one after another explaining these incredibly nuanced and complicated situations of like my fiance is graduating from med school and she's going to start her thing so i only have three months to do this job should i prioritize salary or what I love to do before we move to Michigan to start her her residency and I'm like oh my god like everyone is really just going through it so I think it's so easy to get caught up in your own like my life is so hard because coronavirus stopped me from getting the job I wanted and now I'm stuck home for the summer but it's like (laughs) join the club like we're all going through it so I think there's some kind of beauty in that solidarity and also just a lesson in perspective a lesson in compassion like everybody's dealing with some stuff all yeah. the time. So I think it's just good to keep that in the back of your mind. It's definitely a realization I had
1: for everyone. And I think especially during a time like this, when we're like, not able to connect physically with people mm-hmm. quite as much. It's so easy to think like, oh, the world's ending for me. And it's like, we mm-hmm. to like, hear other stories or like, it's eye opening in a way, you know, it's- a
0: thousand percent. Okay. Now for the main event, you guys, <laughs> I don't even know how to preface this, other than to say that I'm so excited, but obviously Taylor Swift just released a very surprise album, and the world has not stopped talking about it, and for good reason. This has been like a pop culture moment for so many reasons. I think A, because it's a surprise, especially because she just put out an album less than a year ago, so no one was expecting this much music from her, like maybe a single, but not a whole album, start to finish, dropped 24 hours after she made the announcement, literally insane Uh, okay I have some quotes from Rolling Stone who did like the first review of it and I just think it does a good job of capturing I'm assuming if you're listening to this episode then you are one a Taylor Swift fan and two have listened to this album so you know what we're talking about but in case you're just listening for the sake of listening first of all thank you and second of all we'll kind of set the scene for you a little bit based on Folklore which is the new album that just came out. So, first of all, important to note, this is the first album of Taylor's 30s. It's a new decade in her life, and I think you could tell the tone shift. Plus, it's like a new time in all of our lives because we're quarantined. So I think those two things are really (laughs) coming together and making this a very different sound than anything we've heard. Here's a few quotes. Number one, but the real surprise is the music itself, the most head-spinning, heartbreaking, emotionally ambitious songs of her life. Let's just take a moment to break it out like that is such a claim because first of all, the amount of songs that Taylor Swift has is insane. Yeah. I made a playlist of all of her songs pre-folklore because that's what we listen to on the way to Arkansas and on the way home from Arkansas. And yeah. it is a nine hour playlist pre-folklore. So that's another hour of content. So she has literally 10 hours of content. And they're saying these are the best, most emotionally ambitious songs of her life. That's big. And I think it's true. Would you say? I think it's true. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. How could it not be during this
1: year? Like, how could she not? Like, we're all feeling that, you know?
0: A thousand percent. And it's something that I find so interesting with like the creative process, because I think on the one hand, it's like, yes, you have all this time to channel your creative energy in a productive way. But on the other hand, I'm like are you having the normal inspirations that you normally would? Like, I imagine this might be a really hard time to be creative for some people, but obviously not for Taylor Swift. And like, thank God, because you saved us all. You know what I'm saying? Another quote that I thought was really spot on, it's as far beyond lover as lover was beyond reputation. Because I think between those two albums, we saw a major, major shift. And now we're seeing like an even crazier shift. It's just wild how she keeps reinventing herself. Yeah, I think it's phenomenal. And then finally, it's going to take weeks, if not decades, to puzzle out all the intricately interwoven narrative details of these songs. And again, true. I haven't sat down with the lyrics of these individual songs yet, but it's something I want to do because there's just so much. Like the vibe of it is something you get just by listening and having it on in the background, but you can get so into it.
1: She released like on YouTube, like the lyric videos, and I watched mm-hmm. a couple of them and I was like writing down some of the things because I was just like, what? Like, this, just, it's so poetic. It's so poetic, and I love it. My first listening to it was, like, when it first came out. So it was, like, midnight. Mm-hmm. I was, like, packing for my trip, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, very, like, somber is what I got from it at first. Like, that's just, like, the total mood that I got from it. Mm-hmm. But, I don't like, I just felt like Taylor Swift, like, read my mind, and it was, like, this is
0: what I needed right now, and thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, she's incredible. I just, the thing that struck me the most was just the shock of it all. Like, I was so surprised that it was happening and so quickly. Because yeah. normally Taylor Swift announces it months and months before. So there's all this
1: like, uh, she's dropping
0: hints and it's that. And, and this right. was just so different. It was like, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a couple things to say. One, here's my like, I have two critiques, if I may. And I have no right to have a critique because Taylor Swift is you, you literally literally have ad- a right to critique. It's fair. Fine. But like, know that this takes nothing away from my love for Taylor Swift and all she does because she can do no wrong. But here are my two critiques if I have to, just to make it fair. One, I think it's kind of lame and trying too hard to make all of your song titles lowercase. I'm sorry. I just feel like that's something we all do. when We're really like trying to be artsy, but I don't know if it really has like an actual creative meaning other than to just do it because you did it. What do you think?
1: I don't mind it. I like
0: it. I that's was annoyed cool. when she made Reputation a lowercase r. Like, that just annoyed. It just, like, bothered me because her songs are not like that. I it think was it album works title.
1: for this one, though. I guess
0: like, that's I fair. think the font that she uses, like, I think it just worked for it. I think it went with the tone of it. I don't know why,
1: okay. but I just enjoy it for this.
0: That's fair. Okay, I'll allow it. And I also, I think it's important to note that on, like, half my Spotify playlist, I put all lowercase titles because <laughs> I think it makes it more cool and artsy. So, like, who the hell am I to say that? <laughs> but it just means that I am Taylor Swift. <laughs> i love it i'm not right to say that my other critique i'm so not into taylor swift saying the f word that was really shocking all the cursing i was like whoa who is this because it's not just like one there's multiple and in one song it's in the chorus so she repeats it and i'm like taylor i was yeah that was shocking i just i could have went without it personally but again who am i to tell taylor swift how to express herself She's in her thirties. Like at this point, she doesn't care, you know? She's like True.
1: I'm gonna get my point across. This is what I, you know.
0: True. I think we can agree that this is an unfiltered kind of creative expression for her. So if
1: it's also I believe her first album that she herself has put out, right? Like she
0: I actually don't know. Pro- you're probably right. Okay
1: so or like she has like the rights to it in some
0: way i think so because i last summer was all that nonsense with big machine and the scooter braun and like that whole mess of a situation which was insane but yeah i think it's just a good but definitely like not as mainstream as she normally went i would say and -hmm. we'll get into that because we're going to go through literally album by album and like how she kind of has evolved but what else did i I want to say something else oh yes. okay and this brings me back to the beyonce point that i wanted to make I think folklore is a really great example of something that's like super duper mainstream because let's face it, Taylor Swift is the kind of celebrity that anything she does is going to get a lot of buzz. It's not like an indie crowd. It's not a hipster thing. It is like super duper mainstream just because she is who she is. But on the other hand of that, I think most of the like top 40 stuff that we get now, there isn't much substance to and maybe that's making too broad of a statement. But I think by and large, that's a fair statement to say we're like, Mm-hmm. The chord progressions aren't interesting. The lyrics aren't that interesting. They're just catchy songs that people like to sing in, like, the summer. But yeah. this is so notably different from that because, first of all, there aren't any, like, peppy, like, <laughs> yeah. like upbeat songs. It's all kind of this more somber vibe, which you were noting earlier. But also yeah. there's so much to parse out. And, like, the lyricism is so complex and you can really – analyze it like you would a poem and you said that earlier it's like poetry because it is like obviously songs are poetry, but this especially so yeah. so I just think there's a cool yeah. not just like I'm gonna
1: repeat the same thing over and over like exactly she's telling a story throughout it and I think she's evolved you know she has gotten more into that storytelling
0: totally totally and I just think it's cool that it almost like invites more casual listeners into that space of being a critical listener or just like taking it from a more even academic approach and like really breaking it down and getting everything you can out of it and I don't think there's too many super mainstream artists that we can say this about with the exception of a Beyonce who puts out Lemonade and it obviously has a ton of popular success but also has that like deep cultural capital of representing so much more than the visual album itself so I think that's a comparison we might draw and i'm sure there's some beyonce fans who are like taylor swift is nothing compared to beyonce but like and obviously like beyonce stands for like bigger more important things in some regards but i'm just saying i think there's very few people that we could point to and be like they're doing this thing of being a superstar but also giving us stuff to really analyze and like take our time with maybe kendrick lamar is the only other example i feel like boys like kendrick lamar would be like his lyricism is great i'm not that big of a fan so i really don't know i
1: don't really know i can't speak on it but
0: either okay That's what I wanted to say about Folklore and Lemonade, essentially. Okay. We're going to do the album-by-album album breakdown, but before that, Allie, I want to play – it's not even a game. It's just, like, give me your pick. Taylor Swift's hottest ex-boyfriend.
1: I've gone through them.
0: Okay. I didn't look up a list. I just went with the first one that came into my mind, so I'm curious what you have to say.
1: So, Queen, is, I don't think Taylor Swift and I have the same taste, really? <laughs> Nobody, like, I was really like, ooh, definitely this one. But I think if I had to, it's
0: between Calvin Harris and Jake Jill. That's fair. Oh, you froze for a second. Are you with me? I'm here. Okay, so Mm -hmm. you're between Calvin Harris and Jake Gyllenhaal. Excellent picks. My initial pick was Jake Gyllenhaal, and that's what I wrote in white on the Google Doc because I didn't want us to share. I wanted raw reactions. But when you were saying that, I thought of a new one, and I'm changing my pick. Okay. Joe Jonas. Okay. Joe Jonas, and I had a, a change of heart when I saw the Jonas Brothers in concert last summer, again with Julie Bauer, shout out Julie, because I was watching the concert, I've always been a ride-or-die Nick, like Nick was my guy, always, mm-hmm. and then I was there at the concert, and I looked into Joe's eyes, and I just felt a connection, and since then, I have not changed my, like, I completely had a change of heart in that one moment, and Joe Jonas is the hottest guy to me now. Wow, do you know I met him? What?
1: Joe? Uh, I had a Montana concert, and I was part of Miley World on some internet. And my mom talked to the security guard, and she was like, what does she get? Like, what are the benefits? And somehow, she got me to get backstage. And Mama like, G. Brothers. <laughs> so yeah. you went all the Jonas Brothers or just yeah, Ch- I took their hands, and they signed something for me. That's as far as I got. That's I a conversation phenomenal. It's one of my fun facts, is I met them when I was, like, 11. It's a great fun fact. Yeah. And they weren't even, like, they were opening for Hannah Montana, so they weren't
0: even, like, yeah. the Jonas Brothers yet. You got them before they were the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say something else about Joe Jonas because I don't know if you caught in the one song. I think it's Invisible String. I not that
1: one quite as much.
0: There's a line in it that was like the color of the axe that I grind with my exes or something. Now I send their babies presents. And I read this article about how the only ex of hers to have a baby is Joe Jonas, who just had a baby he with Sophie Turner. Yeah. And they named her Willa, which I think is so cute. But anyway, what but a full Because they just had her, like, a day after this came out, right? So this is, like, of the moment, yeah. Taylor Swift's thoughts. So anyway, Joe Jonas, super hot. Jake Gyllenhaal's got to be up there, though. I'm with you yeah. on that one. But still, again, not like the hottest people in Hollywood, I would yeah. A star-studded list, but not the hottest list. I also think yeah. we can throw in Taylor Lautner. That was like a yeah. thing but from the time good. that they were together, I'd say yes. But like, agreed. I totally agree. I think that's a fair way to put it. At the time, I was like, oh, Joe Jonas, but now I'm like, see, I'm gonna disagree with you there. I think Joe Jonas is at his peak, like sexiness now. I, I don't know. think he's hot. I don't think he's cute. I think he's a sexy guy. I still
1: think I'd go Nick
0: though. Eh. I get a smarmy vibe from Nick sometimes. Hmm. It kills me to say that. Anyway, okay. All right, good fix though. Let's begin now with Taylor Swift's first studio album, self-titled Taylor Swift. It came out in October of 2006. Her debut single was Tim McGraw, obviously a classic. She put out with Big Machine Records again back in 2006. It made top 10 of the country charts. She really like came out with a bang. And then her follow-up single was Teardrops on My Guitar. And I remember this because I watched her E! True Hollywood Story like 12,000 times when I was little. This was like a big, risky kind of move because they were two slow songs in a row. And they were like, don't you want to put out our song or like one of the upbeat kind of songs to show people that you can have like a fun track? And she was mm-hmm. like, I no, not know. These two are the best. This is what I want to start with and made this creative decision as a 16-year-old. Yeah. And look at her now. I feel like Teardrops and My
1: Guitar, Banger. I didn't even know who that was by but I remember listening to it on the radio again and again like I love that song as a little kid and then years later I realized that it was her and I was like oh my god (laughs) so good oh yeah
0: Allie what would you say is your favorite song from Taylor Swift album we're going to go through this with every album just to give the listeners a sneak preview but what Um, would you say for album number one
1: I'd say our song a classic I love I just it's so upbeat it's such a like feel good and I like I have like distinct memories of me like singing and like dancing to the song in the mirror and like I just think it's cute like the idea of like somebody's song being like all the little moments that they share together like the door slamming like talking on the phone like it's just cute I love it
0: it's just you can't not be happy when you're listening to that song like that is a mood booster I love it still a cherished song among Taylor fans and just like music fans let's be real My favorite I picked, and also it's impossible to pick favorite songs from these albums because so many of them so many great ones, really hard. But I went for this one, should have said no, because I think that's such a fun and edgy song. I think it had the same energy of her picture to burn kind of moment of like, screw you, you did me wrong, and you're gonna regret it. And now look at her. There's no better revenge than like that level of stardom. I can't even imagine how good she feels. (laughs) It's all I want for myself, really. I think this is a good example. Should have said now is a good example of her taking like real pain and making an anthem to help other girls through the movement. And if there's anything that Taylor Swift does well, it is that. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think you said something along the lines of like, she just, she's writing to us and more mm-hmm. herself, right? You said. Totally. Totally.
0: What would you, how would you describe the overall feel of this first album, Taylor Swift?
1: The first like word that comes to mind is innocence. Mm-hmm. 'Cause I think like think back to like when she's writing it. Like I think some of these songs she wrote, she was like thirteen years old. Yeah. Like that's crazy to me. Insane. And like she was able to produce an out like what? It's 42. crazy. I can't even fathom trying to write like a song. It's insane to me. So I think that and then just Yeah, I don't know. It's just like simple little love stories. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Like it's very cutesy and like the country vibe definitely was speaking to me at the time, like, I think I grew up kind of listening to that, like, I was, my mom was very into, like, 90s country music, and, like, the Shania Twains, and uh, Jody Shania Messina's of the world, concert, so
1: yes. I, I think that's probably where all my country kind of,
0: yeah, so I think that's kind of where we, like, led into, like, transitioning from, like, our mom's music to our music, and Taylor Swift kind of was the gap, so I think that's a cool transition yeah. point, um, but yeah, I agree with everything you said, I think we see how, like, strong the storyteller she is, even from, like, very young age Okay, let's move on. Fearless is album number two. This came out in November of 2008. Let's just kick it right off. What's your favorite song from Fearless?
1: Oh, The Best Day. Yeah, okay. I think that one's so sweet, and I loved it because if you're a Taylor Swift fan, you know it's about, like, just her and her mom, and, like, her mom picking her up from school and going, like, window shopping or whatever and just her mom being her best friend. And I think as, like, a tween or a teen, like, that's kind of the time where you're like rebelling against your parents and like a lot of girls are like embarrassed or like they don't want anything to do with their mom and like I never really felt that way growing up I mean like I've had like tips or whatever but like for the most part my mom's my best friend yeah um it was just like so nice to have a song out there that was like hey it's okay to like have your mom be your best friend and who's endearing so that's always been my like top on that list.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's just a cute song. I remember, it listed, like, my memory with this song comes later, like, when I was in college, really missing my mom and wishing we could just, like, go shopping for the day. And, like, this song would come on shuffle and be, like, destroyed because she just nails that relationship so well, like, in just its description. And you have had all those experiences with your mom, and it's just really beautiful. Good pick, good pick. I'm gonna go Love Story for my favorite track from this album because it's such a it's classic, classic. Yeah. And the music video, I think something we could really get into are how good her music videos and how like iconic those have become. This yeah. was obviously the Romeo and Juliet kind of vibe. They had the whole dance, and I love that. Like that's something that sticks with her. Like she performs that at every show. It's such a classic yeah. Taylor Swift song. I want to go through a couple honorable mentions from this album because again, there are so many. Hey Stephen, there is no better crush-worthy song than Hey Stephen. Like that'll make you fall in love with just about anybody. I love the vibe. Forever and Always, the iconic breakup track, post Joe Jonas, so good. <laughs> and obviously Fearless, the the title track, yeah. kissing in the rain, God. I also I, thought like I loved 15 as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was good to have that in the back of my mind before even going into high school. Yeah. Because I think like so easily like you or let like the innocence in you like fall for someone. And I think, like, that kind of, like, was, like, hey. She warned us. the first guy you see,
0: you know. She was, like, the big sister sure. kind of figure of, like, hey, 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 this is exciting, but don't get ahead of yourselves, girls. Yeah. And, like, that's a cool relationship to have with your favorite artist, yeah? Yeah. Also have to discuss. Yeah. Because we went to the concert for Fearless. Yes. Tell me everything.
1: It was for my 12th birthday. I got, like, tickets. I went with my mom and my friend Victoria. And... I remember the one thing that like stands out to me is like she did a lot of hair flips like that was her thing mm-hmm. and I remember my mom being like "What is she you doing <laughs> and I was like it's fine she's fine like but, I mean that that sticks out to me and then I remember her just being like Amazed that so many people were singing her songs. Like I saw her at Madison Square Garden. Like that was like her first like big moment of Mm -hmm. like breaking out and like having people like come to see her. Like so cool memory to have that. Like she was so young, and I just remember her face of like just being like, "What? You're all here to see me?"
0: (laughs) It must be insane. Like I just can't imagine to like witness somebody's dreams coming true in the way that we did because we really did it in so many ways. It feels like we grew up with her because we did. So which is very cool to, like, grow up just a few steps behind her. And we're going to talk about that, too, because I feel like we're a couple albums behind her, kind of. So yeah. it's like we're relating with things that happened. Anyway, we'll get into it. Yeah. I wanted to talk quickly about the overall vibe of Fearless because I think we get a better idea of, like, what Taylor Swift's vibe is with this sophomore effort. We have here very, like bubblegum pop messaging wouldn't you say think of like a hey steven love is in the air you care about nothing except for your crush in this moment and it's just very light and fun and like easy breezy so even though it's country songs i think you have very pop mandy moore britney spears kind of messaging is that fair to say Yeah, i agree yeah so with that i think the, sh- the shift that will come spoiler alert with taylor swift into the more pop realm explicitly pop realm right Maybe isn't that surprising because that's the kind of messages that she's always been sending just in a more artsy way, kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. Another thing I wanted to mention with this album specifically, and Ali mentioned it earlier, I feel like Taylor Swift writes for two people and two people only. One, herself, like she writes as a cathartic experience for whatever she's going through, and that's what makes it so authentic and real as a listener. But she's also writing for that listener, but that one specific listener. I think she always has like one girl in mind who this might help one day, and Now think of like the masses of people that have experienced similar things and are helped by her music and just feel so seen and heard because of these albums that she puts out. So I think this is the first time we're really seeing that where like girls are listening and being like, I feel this in my soul. This is where we start seeing those actual relationships with fans evolving in big ways. And you can speak to that with your concert experience.
1: I love the way that you like phrase that where it's like, she's not writing this for anybody else. Like she's writing this for herself in a cathartic way and she's writing it to us, you know,
0: It's beautiful. It's like a little love letter all of this. And I, I don't know. Yeah, totally. Okay. Number three, Speak Now. October 2010. What would you say is your favorite track?
1: This one I have, uh, Never Grow Up. Again, another, like, emotional one. Family. Yeah. I put this in, like, a video montage for my brother when he was leaving for college. And, like, it was the first time I saw him, like, kind of tear up a little. Aww and cuz it's like such a big moment when you're like leaving home for the first time and totally. i was like going into high school he was going away to college and it over so i don't know it was just such a big moment it's like the household is never going to be the same it never was going to be like three kids growing up you know mm-hmm. so i i always love that one i think it's fun it's like don't forget like where you came from and like yeah. it's going to it's scarier than i thought it would be like all you want to do for the longest time is grow up and then all of a sudden you get there and you're like whoa Wait a minute. <laughs> totally. No, totally. It's a great song. Yeah. I love some of those that aren't so, The that are like in the album, you know, where it's like, uh-huh.
0: ooh. And yeah. like the ones where it's like, only the true fans will know this. Like if she plays it at a show and like the ones singing along are like the true fans who like worship the album as a whole, not just the songs yeah. that are top 40 sensations. I'm totally with you. My favorite from Speak Now, I think, is The Story of Us. I think that's such mm-hmm. a fun song was hitting me (laughs) oh good it's just like fun and I think it really just again like goes through the whole narrative of a relationship in a really unique way she puts a cool lens on it I remember this is like so embarrassing but I remember so vividly I was in study hall it was probably like the seventh grade because I'm trying to trace back like when I would have been in seventh grade when this came out so I remember sitting in a study hall like what room it was and listening to my headphones and like thinking I was so cool the story of us is on and I hear the lyric I never heard silence quite this loud and I just thought, I was like, this is art. This is poetry. Like, it spoke <laughs> to my soul. I, like, wrote it in my planner. I was like, this yeah. is the lyric. I
1: almost wrote that right, like, down. Because I was listening to it. I was like, ooh. It's I a good that.
0: lyric. Like, I feel it still in my soul. And I just think, oh, my God. So I had to put that in. <laughs> I wrote in this thing. Damn, this is poetry in italics. Like, that's the feeling that it gives me. I love it so much. I think this album as a whole is one that has more of, like, a concept of it as an album. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think every song kind of feeds into it, and she tells a whole story, because this is the album that had mine on it. Mine is a good storytelling song of picturing her life, and in the music video, she has her little blonde kids running around, and it's so cute. I don't know. I just think the whole album as a whole, because then you have, like, the Never Grow Up one. It all just kind of feeds into this... Right.
1: like, Speak Now, that song itself. Like, that just doesn't seem like her in any way like to be the one that like does the like I loved it when it came out and I like jammed to it hardcore but I was like yeah this doesn't seem like the one that would be the one and like I guess she admits it in the song itself she's like I'm not the one to break up a white occasion or something like yeah but
0: this I remember also from the True Hollywood story a little fun fact about this song she had a dream that she like crashed a wedding and broke it up and then that's what inspired this song so she okay so that like makes a little bit more sense where like she wouldn't actually do this it was just like a dream that she turned into a song but also I think it speaks to the fact that like we all have that little piece of us I don't know if you're in love with someone who like is otherwise entang- I was gonna say entangled you have this like little like revenge fantasy of like all oh, getting back to that and also this is the same album as better than revenge so you know she was dealing with something where some girl wronged her and she was about to steal the man back like you know this was like subconsciously in her head so I think it's cool to like give us that little outlet like if Taylor Swift had a fantasy about breaking up a wedding so can we you know thank you Taylor for giving me the green light on that one um you made a good point on here though that I wanted to bring up this is kind of like her last teen album I think this is definitely a good shifting point where we see like the next album is the red album and that's like definitely very different so this yeah. is, I think the last classic country Taylor
1: Taylor yeah and I I, think even like imagery
0: wise like she mm -hmm. has this like bubbly like young like curly hair Mm -hmm. fluffy dresses like totally so then yeah as we mentioned we transitioned to Red which was an album that came out October of 2012 Definitely a shift in this album. We definitely have more pop vibes, which we'll get into first. But first, we need to talk about the standout track of the album that I don't think anyone saw coming, including Taylor Swift, but has now stood out as just, I'm going to say it's the best Taylor Swift song of all time. Maybe the best song of all time. I genuinely feel that strongly about this song. I think it's absolute art and from top to bottom, all too well. <laughs>
1: uh, I have to agree. It's, it's so too good. I, I like... I tried to write words to put down and I didn't know what to say because I was just like, this has been a song that I've listened to on repeat
0: for months now. It's like, it's just beautiful. I love it. There's just such an, I feel almost dumb talking about it. You're right. There like aren't many words to describe the feeling of the song. And I think anyone who knows it and appreciates it will know what I'm saying. I think it does such a good job of describing like honest to God love. Like she was in love with Jake Gyllenhaal with her whole soul. And if she wasn't, she wouldn't have been able to write this song. Like there was genuine strong feelings there and it didn't work out, but like that happens in life. So I think it's a really good example of like, you can have these really huge formative relationships and like, you're going to bounce back and get over it, but it's okay to like, feel it reminisce on the scarf that you left at a sister's house. Like that's okay. (laughs) And I think that's such good permission to be granted as a fan and as a young woman listener. Yeah. I agree yeah I love it so much I like I'm gonna listen like that after doing all of this like that's gonna be the song that I play on a lube as I'm like editing this tonight because it's so good it's like again I just am speechless it's more it's just something that like speaks to your soul and you're just like genuinely she talked about this in an interview at some point too just her shock factor at how this has become such a well-known Taylor Swift song because again it was never on the radio it was never a single like it wasn't a popular song in that regard, but I think among fans, it's recognized as this, like, really powerful love song, and it's also weird, because it's not set up like a normal song on the radio, like, there's not clean-cut verses, and a chorus that repeats exactly the same, and it's, like, a very long song, it's five and a half minutes long, so it's just a weird structure, and I think she was, like, surprised that it worked, but also, like, I saw an Instagram post the other day from, like, one of the Bravo accounts I follow, but they were talking about folklore, and then, like, reminiscing on Taylor Swift And they posted a picture of Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal and said, man, like, imagine being Jake Gyllenhaal and knowing that you were the peak of Taylor Swift's, like, creative energy. Even if the relationship wasn't great and they weren't meant to be together, but knowing that, like, no one will ever compete with the creative energy harnessed from that relationship. And I think that's just such a cool thing to think about. (sighs) I can't get over it. Oh, my God. Okay.
1: So different from the whole vibe of the album. Totally. I mean, it ties in because I think – like, at the time, I, like, had no interest in the album, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, I was just, it was so different from what she had done. It was like, oh, I'm not going to like it. Like, I just kind of, like, wrote it off. Now, years later, I've, like, revisited it, and I think, I, like, it just speaks to me so much more now in the place that I am, and I think it's probably because I'm at the age she was when she wrote it, which I think is just, I don't know. I just, I love that, like, now it's, like, a full circle moment of, like, Mm -hmm. 22 and that's where I'm at and it just rings more true to me than it did when it first came out
0: also just for a second I don't think I ever actually thought about the fact that Taylor Swift was 22 when she dated Jake Gyllenhaal how is that real life like as a 22 year old you're dating like a major like Jake Gyllenhaal is a name holy crap what? Oh, I, Jake, let's look that one up. <laughs> how old is Jake Gyllenhaal? You look that up. In the meantime, I'll continue with our red album analysis. So this, as Ali mentioned earlier, is the start of her kind of pop transition. This was still technically a country album; it was on the country charts. But we have songs like "22," "We Are Never Getting Back Together," "I Knew You Were Trouble" was a single that came out, one of the first singles I think for that album, and it just has a notably different vibe. He is 39 years old, so I think they're nine years apart. Wow. So when she was 22, he was... 30. 30. 31. So see, it's not that weird. We could be dating 31-year-olds. Also, like, stardom doesn't count. Like, I think it's very different in Hollywood and, like, dating celebrities' ages, like, don't really matter as much. It's, like, a different... I think that's A different different. world there. (laughs) It totally is. It totally is. But anyway, let's move on to the official beginning of Taylor Swift's pop career, 1989. 1989 came out in October of 2014. Blatantly pop... She totally switched. I remember her saying in an interview once, she's like, people aren't surprised that I'm switching to pop. People are surprised I'm being honest about it. Like, I think people expected her to just keep the country label and do this pop kind of crossover thing. But instead, she was like, this is what my soul is telling me to do.
1: Yeah.
0: A bold move, but obviously one that paid off. Like, she's doing fine. Yeah. What is your favorite song from 1989?
1: My favorite is This Love. Um, I think it's... I think it's a choice. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, like, very catchy And I think it rings true. Like, it's like this love is good. This love is bad. This love came back to me. Like, it's just, I don't know. I think it speaks true to what love can be. It can be this really wonderful experience or it could be really painful in ways. And I don't know. I just love it. Yeah. Great song. Great song. Um, First of all, it's very difficult to choose one song because there are so many. We could
0: easily have done an episode per album. Easily. This could have been a whole series and maybe something to revisit. Like, I wouldn't be that mad at that because there's a lot of content. Yeah.
1: Like, Out of the Woods, another great
0: one, like, yeah, and, like, Blank Space, like, think about the era of Blank Space when that single came out, and she's recognizing all the things that are being said about her in the press, and kind of clapping back in this cool, catchy way, being like, you can say all this about me, I'm gonna write a hit song and make millions of dollars off of it, thank you for being so mean to me, like, that is iconic,
1: Yeah, so good. Like, it's not just all about, like, oh, I'm having this love story going on, or this love, this is, like, hey, this is about me. Like, this yeah. is, like, what I'm putting out there. This is, it does, every song doesn't have to relate to
0: whatever. A thousand percent. And I think that's the transition that carries us into reputation, because obviously so much of reputation with, obviously there's love songs on that yeah. album, and, like, there's, you know, whatever, like, songs about relationships. not
1: to knock any of her, the past or totally. anything about that, but I think, like, she's discovered herself in a whole new way. And to express herself
0: and it's what the fans need you know what I mean like we have enough in our arsenal to like get through whatever romantic thing happens to us now we need like an empowering track to get me like through my own I coming need, of age
1: I don't think that she could have released songs like that before this
0: totally agree she if needed like,
1: to do the yeah, living first
0: this is so good expert expert <laughs> analysis Allie G okay my favorite that I picked from 1989 is Style I just think that's such a fun and sexy song. I'm going to say it. I think it's very sexy. It's a good, like, strut song. This is on all my strut playlists. Mm-hmm. So, like, walk like you own the freaking place. Oh, yeah. Very empowering to me. But, again, I think a shift because it's like Taylor Swift wasn't putting out sexy songs before this. You know what I'm saying? yeah no like she wasn't we get more of that on reputation with like more and we'll talk about it we'll talk about it but like this is the first kind of like like think about that intro music like she is like driving her car to her man's house and it's harry styles and she does not give an f what you think about it I'm like love the play with words there like we never go out of style. like she is a genius i stand by it love style love taylor i'm gonna throw out another honorable mention for this one you are in love What a great love song. I think this is on, if I had a list and I don't have a list, maybe I should make one of like top 10 love songs of my life. And I was like, I don't, like they're not my love songs. Like I haven't lived yet. You know what I'm saying? Like songs like speak to me that I'm like, oh, this must be what it's like to be like super duper in love. This is definitely one of them. I think it's so, I don't know. Again, it's just like taking those very simple moments, drawing them out and like teaching us what it means to feel love. It's so beautiful. I just love that song. I think it's so great. There's obviously a ton of other bangers on that track but
1: yeah I wanted to mention one more welcome to New York yes I remember because I was like commuting back and forth like the summer before because this came out I think in October Mm -hmm. but like after that like I played that over and over Like yes like New York energy is where I need to be like it has been waiting for me and I'm gonna go out there and take it by storm and
0: yeah and also when she starts to get I don't want to say political because it's not but like she this is where she starts her lgbtq allyship because there's a line in there that's like girls and girls and boys and boys and I remember that being a little bit like oh my god but you know what I mean this so she's like planting the seeds of the woman and the activist that she would become I wanted to talk a little bit about my concert experience with the 1989 tour and also talk a little bit about that tour because I think it was another like big shift for her but I saw it with again julie bauer shout out julie At Lincoln Financial Field, which is the Eagle Stadium in Philly, it's the same place we went and saw the Reputation Stadium tours. I just remember being blown away by the show that she puts on, and I'm sure you could speak to this too, hair flips and all. This girl can rock out a stadium. Like, she really just puts on a performance. And also, I'm going to say it, another critique, because Taylor can take it, like, Taylor Swift can't dance. Like, she doesn't have the rhythm. Like, on TV-wise, or, like, performances, like, it's better when... You don't try to. That's insane. Like she just doesn't. She's not a natural born dancer, and that's okay. She doesn't need to be. But the fact that she's still making the choreography work, and it's still such a phenomenal performance, just from like everything, from like the stages and the the lighting and everything, is just such a phenomenal performance that it like you don't even notice that she can't dance. And it takes moments like awkward award show to like understand that she really is a terrible dancer. But still, she rises above. It's phenomenal. I just think she's incredible. But really put on a show it was absolutely phenomenal can't say enough good things but also important to note this was the tour where she had the surprise guests at every stop on the tour or like there was that one song that they would come out and it was just like a, a big like hype thing Bad blood the video that she had like the whole crew of them right exactly like she had that like really strong like girl crew that was, yeah. yeah so I think this is where we really start to see the magnificent star power that she has you know what I mean where first of all she has all these celebrity best friends and then this wider celebrity network of like Ellen DeGeneres Kobe Bryant because she just sent one of her cardigans to his daughter and it was just like beautiful and they did this big like emotional thing but like from all different realms of pop culture she has these like mega 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 stars coming to her show just to do a little cameo in the middle of her set like that's next level you know what I mean so we're really seeing like this girl's gonna be around for a while she has magnetic star power it's incredible to watch plus i looked this up um the 1989 world tour grossed 258.7 million dollars that's insane wow for one tour one more thing about 1989 before we get into the newer albums i think we're definitely like past the red stage of our lives if we're like tracking our lives based on the albums because 22 we had that moment but now i feel like we're phasing into the 1989 moment where it's like taking on a new city, or having, like, a super formative romantic relationship in your life, like, I feel like we're experiencing the things that she talks about in 1989 now more, mm-hmm. and that just, like, feels very cool, Taylor.
1: I feel like I'm still in red, though.
0: That, that's I feel like a graduate, it's, like, we're done with that, like, I need to move on to the 1989, I need to, like, cut my hair and, like, change my life. Yeah. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> anyway okay let's move on to reputation I have so many things to say about reputation I do not know if this is a hot take because I got into an argument with my sister on the way to Arkansas actually because a song from reputation came on our shuffle and she was like yeah kind of a flop from Taylor like this album just didn't really do it for me and I was like what
1: well no I think again it's a similar feeling to like when Red came out okay okay I was like, well this is really really different I need I'm just going to write it off. Okay. <laughs> I mean that in, like, a harsh way, it's just, like, ooh, like, this is just, isn't your vibe. I'm not connecting with it, and, like, I'm not feeling like this badass, powerful woman that's going to, like, like, that just wasn't my energy when it came out. Like, I was just like, mm. Right. No, that's totally fair to say. I don't think I, like, really gave it the time. Like, I didn't, like, listen to it the way yeah. that I put her
0: out. I think that's fair. What I will say, I think this was true for Reputation and, again, for Lover. The first, like, the initial singles that came out, I don't think were a good snapshot of the album as a whole. Those, I think, are the weirdest on the album, and the rest are kind of more on par with what we think of when we think Taylor Swift, where there's nice love. Like, Gorgeous is a great, very, like, on-the-nose Taylor Swift song. you like,
1: Lively's daughter that does that, like, beginning yeah I do like Gorgeous and then I do like Getaway Car oh and New Year New
0: Year's Day that was my favorite That's your favorite. but I'm saying that's a great song I think it's a good pick my favorite I would say from the album is King of My Heart I think that's my favorite it's yeah, like I again
1: never even listen to
0: that oh my god so you have to revisit I think you're just waiting for your moment to like get in the reputation mind space and then you're really gonna just you're gonna yeah. call me and be like I didn't know what I was missing You okay, be like it's definitely revisit I think it's worth it but yeah I think there's a ton of bangers all around gorgeous is great getaway car you mentioned don't blame me great I also love girl I also loved because I went to this stadium tour too which I mentioned again at the Eagle Stadium with Julie literally the old Taylor is dead like this was a very different vibe she's still putting on a phenomenal show I was like oh she's dead oh she's She's dead it was good it's a rebirth it's new it's exciting it's what you need
1: I think what I've taken away from this is I'm not really great with
0: change. Kelly <laughs> <laughs> likes things to stay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But I love the performance is great. This the tour was wonderful. Now it's a Netflix special, so you can watch it. I've I can't even, I've watched it half a dozen times this year. Like I just oh, think. so. love it's no the Netflix
1: special. Yes.
0: That's what I have to say about Reputation. Should we move on to Lover? Yeah, I like that moment of silence. Where- <laughs> Let's move on to Lover. Lover came out in August of 2019, right as we were beginning our senior years at Fordham University. And that is, I think, what I will forever associate this album with. And for that, I thank Taylor Swift. I'm thankful that she didn't wait until October, November like she normally had to release an album. Also, we had to wait an extra year for this. She was going every other year for the longest time. And then she waited three years to put out Lover. So we were all really on the edge of our seats. Very confused for folklore because I was like, it hasn't even been a year. I know she really is just like messing up her own timelines, but again, I'm not mad at it. Lover was a moment. I, I think it's, I think it's the best one. I don't know. I said that about all of them.
1: Yeah, I don't know where I'm at right now. I feel like we gotta go through all of them, and then maybe I'll be able to make That's a choice. Fair. I
0: don't know. That's fair. Give me your favorite track from Lover. Favorite track, The
1: Man. Like I loved it. It was like, because if I cool. were a man, I'd be the man or something like that. Yeah. No all women I feel like most women it's like if I were a man
0: Mm -hmm. you'd be praising me (laughs) totally and again this is this really cool thing that she does pretty consistently at this point is take a critique something that has tried to tarnish her reputation in the press and like reclaimed it into something that's making her a ton of money there's something so powerful about that it's like yeah you can say all this stuff about me but I'm going to write this killer song. Everyone's going to relate to it. And I'm coming out on top again and again and again. She is incredible. And it's so true. She literally exposed misogyny in like a fun dance track. That is so cool.
1: Yeah.
0: I think my favorite from this album is Afterglow. I feel like I've had that song on repeat since it came out. I just think it's a cool, there's kind of an echoey vibe to the song. I love playing it super loud or even like and your headphones really loud I feel like you're at like a show and it's acoustic and it's just you and Taylor and she's just telling you about her life that's the vibe I think of the whole album we're like you're sitting down with Taylor you ask about the last year of her life and she's like let me sing to you about it and it's just you and her and it's this very intimate thing and she just takes you through her experience and it feels like you are a part of it because in some ways you are and that is the coolest thing to me okay I don't know if I have much else to say I just, I think that's my favorite if I had to say right now. Lover itself, like as a song, is beautiful and I love every bit of it. I think it's a beautiful song. I love it. The music video. You know how I feel about the music video. I know, I know. Okay, Okay. Folklore, we already talked about the major vibe shift. It's definitely very different than Reputation, obviously different than Lover even. Quarantine vibes, we talked all about it, but Ali, now I just want to get your favorite track. Tell me what's your favorite, why it's sticking with you.
1: My favorite track, I think it just rings true for me right now, Exile.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's really beautifully done. So
0: We love a good duet. She always has a couple, like, banger duets. Um, my favorite from Folklore is August, and I don't really have a good reason why, except for that I just, on my first, like, run-through of the album, that was the one that I kept wanting to go back to. I just think it has a more lighthearted vibe than the rest of them, but still the messaging is sad. <laughs> You can really get into it. we said that before, like if you take the time to really do it, which I really just haven't sat with it enough because it just came out, like when we're recording, it hasn't even been out a week. Like I haven't really parsed out the lyrics like I would like to, but that's what the rest of quarantine is for. (laughs) Love the album. I'm excited to dive deeper into it than we already have. But any final notes on Taylor Swift? I will
1: return to reputation for the sake of you. And you only, I think.
0: (laughs) That's literally was going to be mine. Like my one takeaway is to make it my mission for you to revisit reputation and to just allow yourself to feel it. It might be the energy that I need but I'm not ready for. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. You got to take your time, live in the folklore bubble for another week or so, and then just immerse yourself into the reputation energy. Because I think I wrote on my Instagram story the other day when I was like reflecting on Taylor Swift and I said the reputation album forever in my mind will be the feeling of wearing power boots to class for the first time me and Emma have like a million pairs of them they're like an ankle boot with a little heel and you're like clacking on the thing but they're easy to walk in anyway power boots are the move always but I was always so intimidated to wear a heel to class specifically I don't know like wearing to the city was one thing but like to wear them to class was like demanding a certain level of attention that I don't know if I was comfortable with now give me more I'd wear a stiletto to class you know what I'm saying but I think at that time it was For me, it was a symbolic moment of, like, I'm wearing my hair boots. I'm, like, harnessing my reputation moment, and I don't care what anyone thinks, even though I do still care what people think, but I'm getting out of that. You know what I'm saying?
1: That's, again, connects back to my realization. Doing
0: it for yourself. Who cares what anybody else does? Exactly. What a good full circle way to wrap up the episode. Allie G, genuinely, thank you so much for doing this. I'm glad we got you on an episode. I'm sure there are many more to come because this honestly might have to be a two-parter. We really want <laughs> <Rock> it out. <laughs> if you like what you're hearing, please be sure to follow us on Spotify or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you feel so inclined to do a rate and re- review situation, we would very much appreciate. You can also find us on Instagram for more content at her.blog.life, and you can find blog posts at herbloglife.online. We're getting better at posting more blog posts. So just stay with us on that. For behind the scenes videos of previous recordings, you can just search Rachel Malik on YouTube and you'll find our YouTube channel with all the previous episodes with a little bit of bonus content on there as well. That's all I got. As always, thank you for listening. Allie, thank you for joining. This has been so fun. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I'm Rachel Malik. This has been the Her Life Blogcast.